0: Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Say this after me, Heavenly Father, I came here this morning to receive what you have for me. So I'm asking you, speak to my heart. Give me ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive in Jesus name. Amen. Look at your neighbor say it's going to be good this morning. I got a feeling, and you can be seated. I'm going to read to you this morning out of the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter seven. So if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter seven. Yeah. Come on, give a shout to the king. Matthew 7, verse 24 says this. Jesus is sharing this. It's him talking. And he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them or does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. I want to talk to you this morning about building for high wind events. Building for high wind events. Building a house that can withstand hurricane winds. We see in this scripture that God has a building code. How many of you are familiar with building codes? Yeah, all the architects and the builders in the room. When we used to travel in ministry, I used to travel with a with a ministry called the 99. We had a 20,000 square foot tent. It was an air-inflated structure. And actually, if you look at this auditorium, it was nearly double this, the length of this auditorium. It's huge. Uh, some some football teams use these tents to be able to practice in the winter end and things. And so we had this tent. So I was responsible to go and set up with the city, meet with the planning commission, go down and meet with the building inspectors. And I, it was my job to make sure that we met building code. So everything that we did had to meet their Standards. Well, do you know, we just read a standard to build that God put in place. This is God's building code. And the interesting thing in this building code is there were two elements to it. He said, those who hear the word and then those who do the word, those who put it into practice. And so as I was researching, I came across this story from the Hurricane Michael that hit Mexico beach in Florida years ago. It was back in 2018 in October. And so this hurricane hit, but the interesting thing about this hurricane was it was a category five when it made landfall. It had sustained wind gusts of, of up to 161 miles per hour. And so when this thing hit landfall and, and, and it, man, it just devastated everything in its path. When the storm was over and the smoke cleared. There were all of these houses that were literally destroyed. But I wanna show you a picture of a house that was in the middle. Look at this house. Look at all the devastation around it. And yet this house is standing. You wanna know why? It has 40 foot beams that go all the way to the foundation and they fasten to the roof. And because of the way they built it, they didn't just build it to code. See, our natural code is just a bare minimum for life safety. But he went way above and beyond code and and built for the storm. So here's my question to you this morning. How many of you are building for the storm, for the windy events that are going to come your way? Man, man it takes on a whole new character. I mean, a characteristic in your mind, doesn't it? Because my question is also this, what is your house anchored to? Sometimes we just believe at a certain level, but does your faith go deep down into the root and is it grounded in the foundation so that when winds blow and storms arise and things happen, you're not shaken by in your faith. Man, I think about when in, in 2011, my mom experienced a massive heart attack and it was, a, it was one of the arteries had, had been completely cut off, the artery that comes over the back of the heart. And so because of it, she was having congestive heart failure. Her lungs were filling with fluid and it was an emergency. And I remember that I went, we had been studying on healing. I've been, I had been doing messages on healing at that time. I was pastoring in Louisville, Kentucky. And I was actually in the middle of a series by Kenneth Hagin that he had preached called Seven Steps to Answered Prayer. And I was preaching on faith. And for three years, we had just, everything was about faith, faith, faith. And when I got the call from my dad and he said, your mom doesn't look good. She doesn't feel well either. Could you come and see what's going on? And so they lived three doors down from us in the same neighborhood. Praise God for family when they're close. And, and I walked down there and when I came in the door, I remember she was sitting on the couch and she was hunched over and she was, it was, it, she was beginning to struggle to breathe. <gasps> you know, because when your lungs are filling up, they don't expand like they used to. And you're basically Drowning. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but when I saw her, I asked mom, I said, mom, do you have chest, are you having chest pain? She said, yes. I said, is, it, is the pain going down your arms? And she said, yes. Thank God she could still answer. And I put my hand on her and I said, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, I speak healing, health, and wholeness over my mom's body. And as soon as I got done praying, the Holy Spirit said to get her to the hospital right now. Man, it is so, thank God. That, that, you know, I could have been shaken in my faith, but I remember one thing in particular. When I ran out my front door, it was a January. There was some snow left over, snow on the ground still. It was cold. I was putting my coat on and I ran to the sidewalk and I was trotting down to their house. I mean, I was going fast. And the Holy Spirit said, slow down, get a hold of yourself. Man, when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something (laughs) and it's firm, man, and I did, I slowed down. What was he doing? I need you to be calm. I need you to stand in faith. Let me tell you, when the storms arise, when the hurricane winds blow, is not the time to panic. It's time to stand firm in your faith. Amen. How many of you are going through a storm right now? Honestly, you've got something going on. It may be it may be a job. It may be this pandemic has put you in a position. It may be a storm of a relationship that has blown into your life. It, it, whatever it is, I'm telling you, God has given you the ability to overcome it. He has given you the ability to speak to the storm and say, peace, be still. I don't know about you guys, but I came to preach this morning. Oh, come on. I haven't got to preach for last week. I didn't my wife did, so I'm Anyway, so anyway, when you receive Jesus, when you make him the Lord of your life and he comes in to live with you, then it stabilizes your faith. It's like those struts that go all the way down into the foundation. When you're born again, when you make him Lord of your life, interesting part of that story, that house was not the only house that was left standing. In that area, that was one of the few that was, it was there. But I found out that there were 113 homes that this company had gone in and had put those safety strips, those hurricane straps. And what they did was they tore back the soffit. Help me, Lance, because I'm not a builder. The soffit of the house, the overhang of the eaves, they took the soffit out. And then they, they mounted the straps from, the, from the, 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 the beam that would come up to the roof Because if the roof comes off of the house, the building's destroyed. It's no good anymore. And so they put these straps on 113 of the houses. Do you know that every one of those 113 houses didn't have damage? So how's your straps this morning? The straps that are holding the roof of your faith on. Because that's what attaches us to God. He's the roof in our life. Amen? So number one, the wise man does what? He hears the word. The wise man also does what? Number two, he does the word. He puts it in to practice. You know, listening is a little, uh, hearing is a little different than just listening. Come on, husbands. You know, we listen to our wives. I'm guilty. Sometimes I don't always hear. Hey, thank you. Come on guys. I'm taking one for the team here, man. I didn't get any help on that from any of you guys, (laughs) but it's okay. It's okay. It's different. Isn't it? The other, the other day I went to the door and we have a little dog named Oliver. And I went to the back door and I said, come on, Oliver, it's time to come in. And he stood there and he looked at me. You go in. I mean, I think he was even saying that in his heart, you know. I'm not ready to go in. He was listening, but he wasn't hearing me. This morning, I was chasing our bigger dog. His name is Freddy. And he wanted to play. And he's got his rear up in the air, and he's down like this going, come on. I said, we got to go. I got to go set up for church, man. Freddy, come in. Come. I even got a treat. We had a treat. Zach is chasing him around the yard with a treat, trying to get him to come. He is listening, but he's not hearing. I think you guys get the point, right? Right. So there's a difference. But being a doer means you have something to do. Where do you get what's important to do? You find it in the word of God. Hannah talked about tithing this morning, giving offerings and tithing. See, that's something we see in the Word, and it's something we can physically do. I remember when I got my first job, and I and my parents, thank God for parents that, that loved him and that, and that taught me, you know, my mom and my dad, they taught me the importance of tithing. And the first time, when I got my first check, I thought, man, I need to give a tithe. And I remember trying to learn how to figure out how... To figure 10%. I, I didn't do well in math. I, I do. I'm, I'm a numbers guy now, but man, at the time, you know, but, I, but that was something that I can do. And so that's what you do with your faith is you find something that the word of God says that you can do. You can put it into practice. And so when I read the word, I look for things that I can do. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, look for things that you can do. So I wanna talk to you for a moment about how to build for high wind events. How to build for high wind events. So if you have your Bible, again, turn over to another verse. I'm gonna take you over to the book of Mark. Mark chapter four. And we're gonna look at a situation. This is an actual uh, situation that happened with Jesus. Mark chapter four, look at verse 35. It says, on that same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples. They're apparently on one, on one shore and he wants to cross over the water and go to another shore. Okay, so this is the first thing that we need to be able to prepare for high wind events is that we need to step out on what Jesus said. Step out on what he says. Okay, sometimes I'll I'll just take credit. I'll just talk about me. Okay, we won't talk about you for a minute, but I'll just talk. Sometimes I have stepped out on what Phil says. More often than I care to admit, I've stepped out on it. Sometimes I did it. Sometimes I stepped out on what what money looked like, but I learned the importance, thank God, over time to step out on what God says. See, the first place that we step out on what God says is in his word. When you read things and you find something that you can put into practice in your life, you then become responsible for it. Do you remember when you read your driver's manual when you were 16? I know, I know it's been some years for some of you. Uh, you know, I know, I, I mean, it's been a while for me, but I remember reading the manual and then I remember going and taking my test. I failed my driver's test the first time. I was so nervous. I was 16. You know, when you turn 16 back when I, I, mean, I grew up in a car family. My dad was a Mopar guy. He was a drag racer and we liked cars. And so I was so excited to get to drive. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and it turned, I was born at 309 in the morning. And when that clock hit 309, I said, glory to God, I'm 16. I get to take my driver's test. And I was so excited. I was too excited. <laughs> we, we went, it probably wasn't the best day to do it. And I went, and I'm taking the driver's test, and I think I'm doing so good. Man, I got my hands at, at whatever 11 and 2. Thank you. Ten and two, thank you. And I mean, and I'm using my blinker and I'm going the speed limit and I'm thinking this is awesome. And the, and the police officer says, okay, pull over against the curb right here. So I pull over against the curb and he looks at me and he says, Mr. Johnson, do you know what you just did? No, I, I thought I was doing great. What, what did I just do? He said, you just drove right through those stop signs. And there were two of them on the, and I just, anyway, okay. So I took it the next week and I passed. Stan, so why did I share that story? So many people though are unsure about what to step out on. And the reason is, is because they, they sometimes don't know what God's will is about that situation. But let me encourage you in something. God has a scripture for every one of your situations. If you have issues, God has tissues. They're called scriptures, man. You can read that scripture and you can put it it to work in your life. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Let me read one to you, a tissue, a scripture. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says this. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. You can have confidence. You don't have to be unsure. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. huh? So I could stop if we ask anything. I've heard some ministers stop right there. If we ask anything. No, it's not true. If you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you know that you have the things that you've asked of him. So what's the important thing? The important thing is to find out what's in his word. Because this is, you know, they're divided into testaments, last will and testament. Jesus died. So this is his will for your life. If you're facing a situation, let me encourage you in something. Grab some scriptures. In my phone, I was going to pull this up to show you guys. In my phone, I love notes. Because in notes, I have all of my scriptures divided into categories. Now, I will gladly share these with you. If you have an iPhone, it doesn't work so good on Android, but I can copy it and send it to you, at, at some email it to you or something. And all you Android users, bless you, love you. But if you have an iPhone, I can share the notes with you. And, and what I did was when I got into situations, when I began looking at healing, and I, and I thought, man, and I found out that these signs can follow those who believe that you can lay hands on the sick and they well will recover. When I found that out, I said, dear God, that's awesome. I can pray for people. Man, and God can heal them. And I'll never forget that guy with the tumor that had, it was growing on the back of his neck. And I just laid my hands on him and I prayed for him and God healed the guy. He got home and filled his neck. And, and there was no tumor. He came running back up to me the next Sunday at church and said, Pastor Phil, the tumor is gone. And I thought to myself, you're kidding me. <laughs> Glory to God, it works. You know, we can pray for people. We can lay hands on the sick. And so this is how you find your promises is you begin to get in the word and you begin to find scriptures. I remember when I found Nahum nine, affliction will not rise up a second time. Man, thank you, Lord. That means if I've had it once, I don't have to have it again. God healed me of it. You know, and you begin to find the promises of God that you can stand on. And you know what that's gonna do? That's gonna do a lot for your confidence. Man, when I laid hands on my mom that time when she had the massive heart attack and we prayed and we believed for her healing and we began to see the manifestations in the hospital and 16 days later, Come on. She walked out of the hospital. Walked. Well, they did the wheelchair up to the end, but she walked out of those last few steps, got in that car and we were going home and I said, glory to God. Lord, let me tell you, that did a lot for my confidence in healing. I know. Now I don't only believe it because he said it. That's where faith starts, but I believe it because I've experienced it in my life. Man. Thank God. And that gives you confidence. But the temptation sometimes is to ask according to what we desire. But it it didn't say that. It said, ask according to his will. That's the importance of finding out his will. So in the next verse, in verse 36, it goes on to say, that now when they had left the multitude, they took him, Jesus, along in the boat as he was. You know, that's the second thing. And that's pretty important. Take God along with you. Take Jesus with you. If you're going to go somewhere, take it. Don't leave him over here. Don't only make him Lord of certain parts of your life. Make him Lord of all of your life. Let him in the dark closet, the recesses of your life. Amen. And let him Man, get in there and begin to change things. See, God only comes where he's invited. Verse 37, it goes on to say that a great windstorm arose. Sounds like a windy event to me. This great windstorm arose and the waves beat on the boat so that the boat is already filling. Here's another thing. To build for a high wind event, you need to know that storms are going to come. You can ignore the storm. You can deny the storm. The other day, I, how many of you have found it a little frustrating? I have. That when, when the fire alarms start beeping to let you know the battery is dying. And I mean, you just it's short of taking it outside with a sledgehammer and just killing it because it won't stop. I mean, you take the battery out and you set it on the counter and it still goes off. And it's like... and but in that frustration, there's a realization that needs to happen. I need that thing. I need it hanging where it's supposed to be. And I need it to work. All I could think of was when my pastor back in Tulsa at Victory Church, Billy Joe Doherty had that fire that took place in his home. And he had just bought a fire alarm. It was sitting on the counter. It wasn't even hanging yet. And the smoke billowed in. And I think it was the kitchen, wasn't it? The kitchen got caught on fire. And the smoke started billowing in. And that alarm started going off. And his entire family was able to get out of that house because the alarm was going off. Man, storms are going to come. We can't ignore the fact. But what's important to do is to build your house so that you're weather resistant so that you can weather the storm. That house that I showed you, he said that the windows that they put in that house could handle up to 140 to 160 mile an hour projectiles. Dear God, that's, that's, that'll kill a person. That's bullet speed, man. And, and, and here, but because he built the house that he way, the way he did, look at that, the storm came and it was still standing. So what about your life? What about your situation when financial storms come, when relationship storms take place, when storms happen at work, when, when you have repair storms? You know, not everything is from the devil. I think we give him too much credit sometimes. You know, not everything comes from the devil. Some things are just a part of living in a fallen world, you know? if you don't maintain your car and keep oil in your car and it turns the sludge and the engine locks up, I don't blame that on the devil. I'm blessed we have a maintenance issue that has turned into a storm. (laughs) It's turned into a storm, man. And so the foolish person, they don't consider the possibility of storms, but the wise person builds his house to withstand the storm. So So I have a question for you. Are are you preparing your house? How are you building your house? Are you getting in the Word of God and finding out what it says so that you can withstand some storms? Some people are not withstanding storms very well. They have a little bit of a of a wind gust come and they're, oh, what are we gonna do? I don't know what's gonna happen. We could lose everything. Doesn't sound like faith that's very well rooted and grounded. So build for high winds. Man, if you build for high winds, you don't have concerns. Amen. Next verse, verse 38 says, but he was in the stern asleep. This is Jesus. He's asleep on a pillow. Doesn't sound like he's concerned. And they woke him up and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They're accusing Jesus of not caring. This is the next thing. And that's this. Jesus cares about what's going on in your life doesn't matter how small the storm is. Doesn't matter how big it is. He cares about what's going on in your life. Jesus never said that you wouldn't have storms. But here's here's my question to you. What's your faith threshold? Have you ever heard of a pain threshold? Threshold of pain? You can take a lot of pain. Apparently for me, when I go to the dentist, getting teeth worked on is is not a, a, a major issue for me. Apparently I have a pretty high pain threshold. You know, because they'll dig in there and they'll grind on stuff and I just lay there. Now, occasionally a tear rolled down my face, but it's because my eye has been open. It's not because I'm crying, you know. And so apparently, you know, people have different pain thresholds. But you know that you can develop your pain threshold? You can develop your faith threshold. Come on. You can develop it. And that house, as I said, had those anchors that were anchored down. And so it had its faith where it needs to be. You know, your faith's gonna be tested, but when our faith is tested in these storms, I want you to rejoice. The Bible says to rejoice. Why? Because your faith is being grown. It's being strengthened. When you lift weights, come on, Rudy, help me. When you lift weights, how are your muscles developed? They're developed because your muscles are tearing. They're literally tearing. And when you exercise your muscles and they tear, and then you take a break, okay? You don't go back the next day, right? you like do weights every other day. Why? So your muscles can grow back together and heal. And when something heals, it's stronger than it was before. So think about your faith. Your faith muscle might be tearing right now. You might be going through something and it's tearing, but I'm telling you, when it grows back, it's gonna be stronger than it was before. Thank God for it. And verse 39, into the story here, almost to 40, it says, And then he arose and he rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, Peace be still. That's the next one. The next thing you need to build, a high, uh, build for high wind uh, uh, events is you talk to the storm, not about it. Man, so many people, when they're going through a storm, they call everybody. Did you hear? Did you hear about my storm? Did you hear about what I'm going through? Oh, it's brutal. It's a typhoon, let me tell you. I mean, Oklahoma thought they had tornadoes. You should hear to see my storm. I'm going through. And, and we used to have this saying in our house with our kids, don't go to the phone, go to the throne. And so I remember one time when Zach and Becca were home alone and they were young, you know, probably nine and middle school. Okay, well, that's young. Middle school's young, isn't it? Uh, Anyway, so they're in middle school and and they got upset at each other. And so Zach, or no, Becca was going to the phone to call mom. And Zach said, don't run to the phone, (laughs) run to the throne. Becca didn't appreciate it too much. (laughs) Run to the throne. But I'm telling you, too many people are running to the phone when it's time to speak to the storm. So I have another dog, a quick dog story. We had another dog. He was an Airedale Terrier. So he was big. He was a big-sized dog. And it was beautiful. His name was Reesey Because he was the color of Reese peanut butter cup. And so in the middle of the night, which is something he would never do, he got up on the side of the bed and he was like pushing on me. It's like three in the morning. And I'm and I'm stirring, trying to wake up. And then he runs around to the other side and does the same thing to Nicole. And he's trying to push her, trying to get her. You know, to wake up and she's groggy too. And then he crawls under our bed, which he never did because he doesn't fit under the bed very well, you know, and he crawled, literally crawled under the bed. Well, as soon as he got under the bed, hail, I'm talking golf ball size hail started smacking the house. And suddenly you couldn't hear anything except the hail. I'm telling you, sometimes your storm will make so much noise. You can't hear anything. You can't even think because it seems like all I can hear is the storm that I'm going through right now. <laughs> and it was hitting the house and I looked out the window and I thought, dear God, man, I, I mean, I don't know what these window, windows are rated for, but it's smacking it. And, and, so I, and I thought to myself, I remembered this story. Jesus spoke to the storm. So I pointed outside and I mustered my strongest voice and I said, peace, be still. And I have to tell you, it was like somebody turned the sink off and the water just slowly drip, 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 boom, boom, done. Speak to the storm. This is important. That word in the scripture where it said Jesus rebuked, that word rebuke, this is very interesting. That word rebuke in the Greek, one of the meanings is censor. We're getting a little familiar with censoring, aren't we? What does censoring mean? Oh, we don't like that post, boop, it's out. Censor means you you don't give it the right to speak. So what Jesus was saying when he pointed to the storm and he rebuked it and said, peace, be still. He was denying it, it's right to speak. Are you doing that in your life with your storm? What are you going through that you need to begin to speak to? Speak to the storm and say, peace, be still, still. That relationship with that person that you guys are at odds with each other, man, you might, it might be time to say, I'm speaking to that spirit of offense and I'm saying, peace, be still. It might be time to, to speak to your job situation. Maybe you, were, maybe you were let go, you were furloughed because of pandemic it's time to speak to your situation and say, you know what? No, God's got better for me. I'm not taking the storm that's trying to come my way. I'm, I'm declaring right now, peace be still. God has better days ahead of me. In fact, my best days are still out in front of me. Where are your days? Where are your days? Your best days, they're still out in front of you. I'm telling you. Man, and then the last one, last verse, verse 40. Verse 40. And he turned to his disciples and he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Last thing that you need to build for a wind event or a high wind event is a belief. Because if you can believe it, you can have it. If you believe it, you can have it. This same story was in Luke chapter eight, verse 25. And Jesus said in they said it, uh, Luke said it another way. Jesus said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? In other words, what can you believe? Jesus isn't saying that you don't have any faith. He's saying, what can you believe? In your situation that you're facing that seems impossible, what can you believe that God can do? Because according to your faith, It'll be done unto you. So we have opportunities when we face situations to bring our faith level up. I find for me that when I overcome something big, and it's like a step. It's like you get up here and you look around and you go, man, wow, it's high up here. Cool, you came up to a level of faith and you're believing and you're like, bless God, man, we can do great things. And then you start walking, you go, oh, there's another step and God is calling us up. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.